of adaptation and the necessity of fluidity in the work that we do. And um, I think it was a, I think it was an important topic for all of you to kind of dig into. You know, you know, I'm, I'm big on the elementals. If anyone has noticed that, you know, um, even before really, really speaking uh, in terms of different systems, spiritual systems and things like that, it's always good to start with your elements, especially like when you're coming in. That's one of the reasons why I wrote Shrine and Altar. If you, if you read that book, any of you own a copy of, of uh, Shrine and Altar, you notice that there's a, there's a heavy emphasis on actual elements, not just put this on your shrine, put that on your shrine, put that on your altar, put that on your altar, you know, but really why we put certain things and what elements that certain things represent, you know, and that's something that I've always been very big on because uh, when you get a, when you get at least a, a decent understanding, even if it's cursory, if, if you get a decent understanding of the elements, you can apply that to anything. You know, it's almost like math, but you can apply it to different systems because in any system that you deal with, if it's an indigenous, it's going to be nature based. You're not going to, you know, all indigenous systems are nature based. I mean, you're not going to find one that isn't. You're really just not. You know, um, even if, you know, some are a bit more celestial than others and some lean to certain elements more than others. And you may find that right, you know, systems that are even in the same country, you know, but you go from village to village or, or town to town and there's a leaning towards a certain element more than another, another element, but either way, they're still dealing with elements, you know? So it's almost like a, a universal language because all of these elements are active inside of the body for all of us walking the earth. So when you, you tap into some of those um, universal pieces, man, I'm telling you, it makes, this studying a lot easier. It really does. Even when you're you're studying your mythology and things like that, man. So, you know, um, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I lean on elements uh, so heavy, sometimes even more than teaching about the archetype, you know, because once you get the elements and then I, then I introduce the archetype to you, you'll understand why certain ones are mated to each other, or this one is called the father of that one, or gave birth to this one, or this, that, 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 that. And then, you know, you get your basic understanding of the alchemy, and then you'll understand, okay, well, this is why this one puts this together, this one puts that one together, and this happens, or or that happens, so forth and so on, you know? So, yeah, man, that's 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 uh, why we lean in that direction a lot, you know, when we're, when we're talking about different things. And as usual... Like I always say, you know, I'll go through some of the comments. Uh, I saw one question that uh, I don't know if it was it was answered. Peace, brother Zach. That's good, man. Because actually, I was just I was just about to reference you. <laughs> I just saw brother Zach in the chat room say peace, and I was just about to say something that was going to reference him. Um, but yeah, I saw a question yesterday that brother Zach came in, and I do appreciate that, man. I uh, came in and and. Uh, gave an answer to I don't know if the sister got if, if the sister received it you know if she got everything she needed um, I saw a follow-up question but it was related to his segments right and exact you know um, but sister uh, I'm gonna just say Jack Smedge Jack I know I know who that is because I recognize those cheekbones sis I know who you are I remember when, when we met but uh <laughs> but uh your handle on YouTube is Simej as Seam or Seam J or Seam Jack. I could be saying it wrong. But um, 
she said, if it's a man's nature, because, you know, yesterday we had touched upon, I don't really remember, but I, I do remember saying the word polygyny. It wasn't a show about polygyny, but I'm, I think I was given an example about something about sometimes people will pull in multiple women for, you know, multiple power sources in a sense. And um, she said, if it's a man's nature to be with more than one woman, why is it the demise of so many relationships? Most or rather some women don't want to share a mate. I don't, but I want a better understanding why men and women, parentheses, some <laughs> don't agree on having one mate. And then Brother Zach answered her and said, peace, smidge. If you go to the 42nd minute mark in the segment and hit play the answer, he answers your questions, one love. Of course, you know, I don't remember what I spoke about at 42 minutes, but um, Brother Zach had, had included that. And I'm just going to add a little bit of peace, you know, because, again, that was a question presented yesterday. And thank you, Brother Zach, again, for coming in and, and um, you know, shedding some light on that. I would say this. First thing, you know, like, you know, a lot of times when you guys ask questions, and I know it, it seems often that I'm being, you know, antagonistic and just kind of, not not uh being uncooperative even to a sense um but like i said um it's not that it's not that you know what it is is that sometimes there's misunderstanding right down to the very root of your question because sometimes your questions are more complicated than your current state of consciousness you know and and that comes from being introduced being inundated with a lot of information uh, without a lot of understanding. So sometimes people will ask certain questions, but they don't really have the root principles of understandings of the terminology of the very question. So therefore, they may actually be asking something that makes no sense whatsoever. And if you tell them that, if you say it just like that, that doesn't make any sense. Of course, it, it's, you know, it's offensive. You got to be a little bit more tactful than that. So sometimes you'll see what I'll do is I'll say, okay, well, what, what, what does that word mean? What does that mean? Let's get some common definitions. And then Hopefully, if a person realizes that the actual mathematics of the question doesn't even add up to a question, then they'll go back and kind of what we call woodshed. You know, woodshed, I don't know if you're all familiar with that term, but that's a term we used to use a lot in the musicians community. You know, sometimes you, you'll be playing a gig or you might have a sit-in open mic or something and a guy will come out with his axe, you know, his instrument, and he'll come to play and Basically, he sucks. <laughs> he can't play to a guy or girl, you know, and they, they can't play too great, you know, and they and then they may, you know, they may kind of get a little embarrassed or you may have to sit them down and say, no, 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 give me back my guitar, you know, get, get off the drum set, uh-uh. <laughs> you know, and then they'll go and they'll practice and they may come back a couple months later or even a year later and just, you know, be killing it. Well, that's called woodshedding. You know, you go into the woodshed in the backyard, close the door. And you just sit there and you just practice your heart out, you know. So sometimes I'll, I'll ask certain questions to give people an opportunity to woodshed without just saying, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, that doesn't that doesn't help things, you know. And like I said, I'm, I'm never here to uh, embarrass you, even though some people get embarrassed when they call. Sometimes it's because of wayward ego or because they're trying to embarrass me. <laughs> But anyway, so the sister asked that question, and I, again, I'm going to just throw my little two cents in, 
and speak about just the qualifying nature of the question. So you said if it's a man's nature to be with more than one woman, um, again, that, that sets a premise. Um, so if we're saying if that's hypothetical or truthful, because I don't think it's in every man's nature to be with more than one woman. That's, uh, that's not what I advocate. So if that's the basis of the question. Now, the, whatever comes after that is disqualified. But I'm just going to go through it just to give you an example. So if it's a man's nature to be with more than one woman, I don't think it's it's in all men's nature to be with, with more than one woman. More, more than one woman. I think strong men, organized men, um, matured men, uh, and more specifically, alpha men. It's always in an alpha man's nature to be with more than one woman. That's just what it is. Okay, but some men can't handle more than one woman. Some men can't handle one committed relationship. You know, so it's it's not necessarily, you know, we build up to wherever we can be. And, you know, if you have someone who's been struggling all their lives, uh, figuring out how to relate to women and relate to themselves, and then they finally get to that point where they can understand, they may not be able to go from having all of this this thorniness and this clumsiness as it, as it pertains to relationships. And then immediately, okay, I'm going to take on three, four wives. It, it, you know, that's not, it's not really realistic. And it doesn't mean that the person may not be a man. They may have achieved manhood, but maybe they were a late bloomer, you know? So now I, I wouldn't necessarily say I, I'm not an advocate of prescriptive monogamy and I'm not an advocate of prescriptive polygyny. I'm not an advocate of anything that's prescriptive when it comes to a relationship. You do what works for your your building. You know, you do what works for your community. That's that's what I, I advocate. But I, I'll continue forward just to kind of clarify my position a little bit. And then you said, so, I, you know, based on that premise, right, which I'm saying I don't think is a, is a totally truthful premise, you know, um, but I understand you're saying maybe what you thought I was saying. Um, and you said, why is it the demise of so many relationships? Well, I don't think the demise, in my opinion, of so many relationships is a man, man's nature wanting to be with more than one woman or being with more than one woman. Um, you'll find that a lot of women don't necessarily have an issue with that as long as there's some honesty and she's not being disgraced in the process. You know, and I'm not saying that for all women. I'm saying that for many women that I've come across, that I've spoken to, that I've counseled, that I've observed. You know, we just kind of go through the list that um, the demise, because we'd have to say in that case, if that's if that's the case, then monogamous relationships, (laughs) you know, should be in the pink right now. They should be healthy and thriving. And of course, we know that that's not the case. So. Um, I don't think the demise of so many relationships is men wanting to be with more than one woman um, or women wanting to be with more than one man for that, for that matter, because, you know, there are women who sometimes have trouble with monogamy as well. Uh, I think the issue more is character defect within the people. You know, a lot of times people have not been matured, nor have they been prepared for marriage, you know, or, well, actually you didn't say marriage, you said relationships. So let me use the right wording. You said, why is it the demise of so many relationships? A lot of people have not been taught relationships. You know, some people come from environments where they're in a home, they're, they're in a home environment where there's no love, dysfunctional. Um, they've never actually seen um, conscious love or any kind of love, any type of deliberate, deliberate love expressed between two people. They may see affection. 
you know, they may see duty and responsibility, but no one is really educating them on how on how we relate to each other, especially if they have no no culture, they have no family culture, no personal culture, no community culture. There's so many different things that are missing. You know, I don't I have to tell you honestly, sis, like I don't sit back and figure out at this point in my life. I don't sit back and figure out so much why the culturalists can't seem to get it together or try to figure out solutions for people who want to dip and dab. You know, if you're not a part of a progressive indigenous culture that speaks to your ethnic roots, then nothing you do is going to work, period. So it's not because of being more, more than one woman or this or that. It's just because you don't have a culture. You know, so if we were to say, like, use the word um, many, and, you know, well, yeah, many people don't have a culture, so their relationships are not going to work. There are cultures all around the world. You keep in mind that 75% of the world is polygynous. In fact, I would say this to be totally honest with you. Um, monogamy is really the aberration. Monogamy, monogamy is, is the abnormality, which is one of the reasons why it's so difficult to do. Monogamy, and then people say, you should have some self-control. <laughs> but, it's, but it's not about self-control. It's not about self-control at all. Um, you got to always remember that what this society gave you, they didn't give you so that you could build strong empirical families. You were not given those tools. You were given tools to keep your power decentralized. So things that you that you were given and were told were normal uh, in most cases, were the things that were slowly killing you. It's normal to speak English. It's normal to eat eat three servings of three different kinds of meat every day. You know, um, drink, it's normal to drink eight glasses of water out of the tap. <laughs> you know, it's, it's normal to sit boys and girls in hard wooden seats or um, hard porcelain seats uh, for six hours a day. And make them learn the same exact things, you know, for 13 years. That's normal. You know, um, we could just kind of go through the list using putting chemicals in your body that your body doesn't even have the ability to naturally flush out, you know, but that just stay inside of your system and turn metallic and acidic is normal. You know, I mean, we could just kind of go through the list. So, um, just, just kind of keep in mind, you know, and like one of the things you said is that most or rather some women don't want to share a mate. Well, <laughs> you know, I love you, sis. But as you type that, why didn't you just write some women don't want to share a mate? Why type most or rather some women don't want to share a mate? I think you were trying to say most women don't want to share a mate, but you didn't want to take the responsibility of making such a, a broad. Uh, you didn't want to take the responsibility of making such a broad generalization. So then you said, or rather some. But the truth is you were typing. You weren't talking. You could have just erased uh, most or rather and just type some women don't want to share a mate. <laughs> think about that. Think, I'm not saying that to, to, to rip you. You know, we, we have a great relationship. So I'm not saying it to rip you. I'm just saying it think about sometimes that programming jumps up but to even answer that most or rather some women don't want to share a mate okay (laughs) okay that's fine if they don't want to share a mate they don't have to share a mate 
you know, sometimes we get too locked in to can we do this? Can we do that? I get asked those questions a lot, you know, or people want justifications for their relationship styles. And I'm not an advocate of that, even though I've studied it. I've stu- you know, I could sit here and show you why it makes sense and why it works and how empires are built through big, large, blended, plural family and all. But you do what you feel like doing. You know, that that's like trying to convince uh, someone to give up their virginity. You know, or trying to convince someone, uh, telling them how many children they should have or should not have. You know, that that, that doesn't make sense. You know, you have to kind of do what works for you. So I'm not an advocate of any of that. I'm an advocate of living a natural life. That's what I'm an advocate of. And and not consistently and constantly beating down what's primal and is instinctual to you and what actually works. You know, that that's what I'm an advocate of. But um, just to say, you know, and, and you're not saying that. I'm just expounding upon what it is that um, you're actually saying. So to say that most or rather some women don't want to share a mate. Okay. They don't got to share a mate. That's cool. <laughs> you know, they don't even have to have a mate. If they don't want it, you know? Um, and then you share, I don't, I don't want to share a mate. That's obvious. We, I could tell by the, the, the questioning, by the wording of the questions that came before, but I want a better understanding why men, that's really what you want to know. And why some women don't agree on having one mate. Our nature is different. You know, just, just you know, understand that our, our nature, the nature between men and women is vastly different. And um, we live in a society that seeks to unisexualize us. You know, so um, it's advantageous to have more than one mate for a man. To be honest with you. It's advantageous, not necessarily for the man. It's advantageous for the family and for community. But, I mean, that's clear as day. The only time people say it's not is when it's like, well, you know, in this day and time where our mentality is, we can't get along. So being getting along with one person is hard enough. Well, it's just as hard as getting along with two people. It's just, it's just as hard as getting along with three people. <laughs> in fact, honestly, a lot of times having more than one person makes things easier. It makes some things a lot easier in terms of your interpersonal relationships. And it makes some things harder, you know, but... I tell you this, it makes more things easier than it does harder, but it, it deals with the character of the individual. Why is the reason a lot of times people will say, well, I don't want to do that? You know, it's the same reason, jealousy. No, I'm, I'll share certain things, certain things I ain't sharing. Well, I can tell you this just as a man, I've never, I've never been owned by a woman a day in my life. Wasn't even owned by, the, by my own mother who, who possessed the bush that I flew out of. No one owns me. So I'm sharing myself. You know, a woman doesn't own me and say, okay, here, you can, I'll share, I'll share my man with you. That's that sick slavery thinking. We own each other. That's where the jealousy comes in. Jealousy comes from a sense of ownership, you see. So um, why don't some agree, agree on it? Because some are talking about nature and some are talking about power controls. That's the reality of what it is, sis. Honestly, that's the reality of what it is. You know, many men who you speak to, and I'm going to generalize and say many, would like to be with more than one woman. But again, when when you live in a society where 
the natural responses of manhood are suppressed because those natural responses would cause an uprising. You know, again, take the example that I shared so many times about mentor, the mentor, the mentorist, who was the individual who was responsible for raping um, young men in the gymnasium in Greek culture. He would rape them so that way he would keep them submissive and docile to the dominant male culture. You see, well, it's the same thing that happens today. It's no different. There's so many different things. I mean, it happens literally, of course. But then there's so many different things that happen um, in this society and that are purposely implanted to beat the manhood out of us. Because who do you think is going to rate, you know, wage the uprising? Who do you think is really going to wage the, the effective insurrection? Who can really face might with might? It's the men, the alpha men, the real men, not the ones who are trying to legislate their freedom or use bureaucratic me- methods to gain liberty. You know, but there's another aspect of this. So that has to be raped out of you. It has to be shamed out of you even. And, yeah, there's certain things that increase your testosterone. And I'll tell you honestly, yeah, having more than one woman doesn't does increase. It increase your testosterone, you, you, just your overall feeling of 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 good health, of of balance, of, you know, within yourself as a man. So, you know, we have to constantly do things to keep him from feeling like himself and keep him from expressing what he really is feeling and what he really wants to say in order to keep him subdued. So, um, yeah, there's going to be disagreements, but, you know, keep in mind, again, when you have people disagreeing on one and more, one, more than one mate, there's different perspectives often. They're not disagreeing on having more than one mate. They're disagreeing on culture. That's what it's really about. That's, that's what they're really arguing, culture. You know, because... Keep this in mind that when the missionaries came to the continent, the first thing that they stripped the people of was not their gods. And it was not even their languages. The missionaries learned the local languages. They do that to this day. You can go on YouTube and look at that. You see all kind of Mormons and different missionaries there, and they're speaking Yoruba better than I ever could, <laughs> speaking tree and Igbo language, and they're speaking it like it ain't nothing. So, you know, that wasn't so much the problem. The first thing they did, you can you can check this out. They stripped them of their family systems. They stripped them of their family structures. They introduced very extreme forms of patriarchy. That was introduced first, saying, well, listen, you know, if you want to gain the advantages and the benefits of being a Christian with us, you have to get rid of your other wives and you can keep your first wife as your primary. This is happening to this very day in Somalia. That's why you have so many sisters who come over from Somalia with their children. These are the second, third, fourth, and fifth wives who've been, who've been outed by these idiotic guys who have, who have converted to Christianity, you know, and other systems that has told them you have to get rid of your family essentially. You see, so, um, no, you're really speaking about a debate between culture, you know, and ultimately it shouldn't even be a debate. I don't really have those polygyny um, one-on-one conversations anymore. I I retired from that a long time ago. Like, you know, and polygyny one-on-one conversations are, okay, well, if you can have more uh, than one wife, then I want more than one husband. I don't even do that type of stupidness anymore. When I hear dumb responses like that, I'm, I'm out of it. (laughs) 
You know, we're we're so far beyond that at this point. At this point now, we're dealing with tactics and and methods and you know different different stratagems to make it happen properly. You know, for those of us who know what it is, it's just like having one-on-one conversations about spirituality. How you know that something ain't gonna jump on you? Christianity is your root. You grew up in the church. Like we ain't having those conversations. I'm. We don't have time to keep going back to square one all the time. You know, or square square negative one. Really, we don't have time for that. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not gonna make it a, a you know Christian talk. But I thought it was a good question. You know, probably a question that um, a lot of people would like to ask. All right, I'm gonna bring someone in. Area code eight one three. Peace. Greetings, Chief. Peace, Greetings, Chief. Greetings, Chief. Yeah, how is everybody doing? All right, I'm well, man. I'm well, man. I'm uh, I'm energized from yesterday's show, man. It, it helped me kind of get moving again in the classes. I was oh, good. on module good. module three, and um, and I, I think with the title, with this conversation that we're gonna have today about strategy and tactics, that's some of my findings for uh. Mm-hmm. uh Ogun and my north node and south node. I, my my south node is Ogun. My uh, north node is Oshun. And I'm not going to get into Ogun, but I wanted to get into uh, Heru Kuti and uh, a Hindi deity as in Mangala. So, uh, okay. you know, with your permission, I would love to. Sure. Share away, bro. All right. Cool. So, um, you know, especially dealing with strategy, there's actually another part also with uh, another Hindi deity that gave me a side note of Agni, uh, the, the deity Agni. So I'll go into that last. But here's what Hiro, 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 Hiro Kuti, uh, or mm-hmm. otherwise known as Hiro Bahutet. He, he is a divine principle that protects us from injustices from others. The reap what you sow concept. An aggressive, an aggressive power usually found in athletes, warriors, business executives, and et cetera. A form of Heru, the form of, the form of Heru that fights set to regret, regain the throne. Otherwise, other, way, other words, to control over one's life. Uh, it corresponds to the extreme surges of adrenaline that supports the aggressive sexual arousal, arousal and immune response. Uh, that was some of the notes that I took down for Heru Kuti, and uh, yeah, I'll go on to this one. Uh, there was also some of the notes that this goes into Mangala, one of the Hindi, uh, the Hindi, uh, uh, I want to say Sri or or deity for Mars. Uh, he's uh, Mangala is also known as Agaraka or Kuja. Uh, it's one of the nine planets of of the uh, I guess the pantheon or the understanding of Navagarahas, which is nine planets of the I guess nine planets of the solar system. Uh it's a, he Mangala is associated with strength, valor, and courage. Protector of Dharma, which is righteousness and life purpose. Uh this gave me a reference to the conversation you had with the potter and and actually not just the potter, the knife that the potter holds. When he, when pot when something grows out of the pot, when the potter is designing the pot and then there's something extending from the pot that's not supposed to be part of the pot and the knife comes in and cuts it off and once again that will be a painful experience mm-hmm. um, uh, it's also Mar- Mars or Mangala is the owner of Mesh and 
very sick, and I needed to interrupt Rashi, which I need to do more research on those two names. Uh, Mangala reps, represents drive and physical energy, self-confidence, ego, strength, ang- anger, impulsiveness, the hero, oh, sorry, I'm messing up on my own words, hero and adventurous, and the, the hero, a hero Shri, which is a hero god, and adventurous nature. Mangala rules over, over uh, yeah, Mangala rules over blood, muscles, and bone marrow, which is pretty interesting when they said bone marrow, because then I started relating now with the Agun to a certain degree. There's another, that, that will go, I'll do a little more research on that, but he's also associated with battle, war, and soldiers, and that was some of the notes that I took for that. He's also the son, and this is, I'm going to do more research on this one too, the son on pre Tavia and Bumi. So uh, I'd have to go de- do some more diving into those parents, the parents of Mangala. And uh, the second part, which was, uh, this was the side note on my research that I found that was pretty interesting because I was going into it thinking that it was like an Ogun, Ogun entity, or like an Ogun uh, variation. But Agni, uh, and I found this to be Shango. Agni is a fire deity, and it's it's one of the five uh, hold on, five inert and impermanent constitutes of uh, space, water, air, and earth. Uh, Agni, right? He's considered to be the mouth of the gods, and that's what led me on to thinking about Shango, and especially talking about the tongue and the mouth of the gods, and um. And when 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 he when these elements combined, it's he Agni also holds a a, a big thing in initiation, and I got to do a little bit more research on it. But Agni also has a, a little bit more information on uh, like a, a big thing on initiation since it's a fire element, and it when it's when it's uh, combined with these uh, impermanent constitutes these 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 basic elementals, it creates what we call 3D 3D reality. So I just wanted to share that, man. I, mean, I felt like it was like yeah. a, a good good little thing to think about with when we start start talking about strategy and tactics. I even, um, and just a last, last side note, is like even after the show, I had did a Facebook Live talking about strategy and, and tactics. And okay. I, I, I got a good vibration off those two, the, those, that, those, that concept and the fluidity concept concept so mm-hmm. I wanted to share that with the family you know what I'm saying I thought it was uh, uh, fitting so yeah. good no thank doubt you. man thank you no I thank you brother thank thank you for uh, contributing I'm sure um, a lot of the fam got a lot out of that and definitely you know look forward to hearing it after you you do a little you know more of that research you're speaking about yeah, oh, yeah. give thanks man thank you so much thank, yeah thank you chief cool yeah anytime anytime yeah, Mangala. So Brother Anwar brought Mangala into the space. You know, of course, Bumi and Vishnu as well. You know, so, you know, give thanks for that. Whenever you give those, you know, speak those names in that sense, you know, you give those those energies power to appear and to, and to give you messages and be present. And, you know, Mangala is, you know, like I said, a lot of times when you're studying things, don't immediately make one thing one thing. Oh, that's just Ogun. Oh, that's just Shango. You know, because there's there's relationships, there's a variation due to ethnic and cultural variations throughout the world. 
Mangala is pretty much Mangala is like a, a cross between if if I was to pick anything probably Ogun and Shango to be honest. Um, you even see in, in many ways that Mangala comes forth in terms of the birth, like you know being a child of of Vishnu and, and Bumi, or um, in some some instances he's a child of blood. You know he came forth out of Shiva's blood or Shiva's toil, Shiva's effort. So it just gives you an idea, okay, this is an entity that comes forth out of work and ethic, you know, I mean, work, work and effort, excuse me. So, you know, um, that by itself is important to kind of keep in, keep in mind. Um, but yeah, you know, there's variations and the more variations you learn, the deeper you get, <laughs> to be honest. The more variations you learn, the more we'll tell you about the actual element and less about the archetype. Because remember, I did that show previously where I spoke about the laws of what are what bring the archetypes forth. So that's why you never want to get stuck on just studying the archetype and thinking like, okay, well, that's the end all be all. That's what it must be. That's what it has to be, you know, because that's never the case. That's never the case. You know, you want to study the laws that will bring that forth. And a lot of times what helps you is to is to learn about their birth, who's who their parents are, things like that will give you a better understanding of um, you know, where the um you know, where the ideas come from. I see there's there's been a little little chess <laughs> mental chess um going on inside of the chat room. I saw it earlier. Uh <laughs> Yeah, with Yahweh one seven seven one seven seven, she made a statement, and I guess people were asking for clarification, you know. But I'm gonna go. I saw a question from Sister Michelle, and then we'll 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 deal with the topic in a minute. Sister Michelle says, Chief, why are women so attached to possess the male they seem to hate? Is it the desire to be like the slave master? Well, again, uh, okay, I'll, I'll continue. <laughs> this is the second part of the question. So she says, Chief, why, is, why are women so attached to possess the male they seem to hate? Is it the desire to be like the slave master? I would think modern women would have evolved towards a more Amazonian-like society if they hated men and have multiple male partners. Well, again, who are we talking about when we say women? Are we talking about adult females masquerading as women? Are we talking about indigenous women? Are we talking about women who are deeply entrenched or even birthed from Western society? You see, I, I need qualifications before I can answer that question because I don't, I wouldn't make generalizations about all women for me personally in that sense. So like when we say why a chief attached to, I mean, why are women attached to possess the male they seem to hate? Well, as soon as they try to possess another person, they're automatically going to have a problem. Um, and is a desire to be like the slave master. So if you're speaking about an indigenous situations, remember, like I spoke about before, often that Willie Lynch programming is already there. So they don't, they desire to conquest and to conquer and to hunt down certain men because they're doing the work of their father you know, which is Willie Lynch, which is white supremacy racism, which is, you know, the state. So they don't necessarily desire to, to they desire to possess that person like, like cattle because they're, 
being used as agents by that system. And, you know, a lot of females don't like to hear that because then they, they always come with, so you say this is all our fault. It always comes down to that. You say this is all our fault, you know, but that's just a slick tactic not to, not to be accountable for what the parts that are your fault. You know, there's all kind of slick tac- tactics that are taught to people in a sick society to dodge accountability. You know, you, you, you can say, you trying to say this is my fault, or you could say things like, um, well, if you said it a little bit differently, maybe I could receive what you're saying. You know, it, that's all, that's all, it's game. Because <laughs> ultimately, am I, are you hearing the truth? Let's look at that. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, again, you need context. Like you said, I would think modern women would have evolved towards a more Amazonian-like society if they had, they hated men and have multiple male partners. Well, we do live in an Amazonian society. We live in a, in a feminized society. We live in a matriarchal society. Look at your urban community and tell me that's not Amazonian. Who holds who holds um, more access to state and governmental power, which is the powers that everybody's afraid of, in, in urban communities? Is it men or women? We already live in an Amazonian society. That's why you hear so many men talking about it. Now it's starting to come out more. You go on YouTube, you listen to videos and stuff. There are men who are now thoroughly fed up with it now. You know, it's a it's a it's a wicked experiment that of course went went sour. And you can see it if you look in urban communities. Let's put the woman at the head of the household. Let's give her all the power. Even if something happens or they go to court, let's give her all the power. Let's completely humiliate him and strip him. Why? Castrate the man and you can rape the woman. So we're already there as far as that. Um, And like when you say modern woman, I don't think that's a form of modernization, you know, taking on an Amazonian mindset. Um, I think that's a a de-evolution that's that's a sick sign of integration and integrating it to something that was dysfunctional and not realizing that someone was laughing at you. Someone was playing you out. <laughs> that's, that's what was happening. Like I said, it's, I think I mentioned that before. It's almost like the Beyonce phenomenon. She's she's playing you for, for a fool. You know, she's giving you all these single woman's songs, meanwhile pregnant with twins and benefiting from the systems of patriarchy, but telling you the exact opposite. You're getting played for a fool. So, yeah, like I said, I'd have to qualify that question in terms of exactly who you're talking about. But those are just some of the small points I would bring up. And Yahweh177177, I guess, would spark the whole back and forth. You guys are kind of working out or, you know, I'm going to read some of it. She said, I believe that most alpha men really don't like women. These type of men only appreciate the physical aspects of a woman and not her mental and spiritual components. Barefoot and pregnant, that's all. And then Dietrich asked her, what makes you say that? Great question. Michelle then said, an alpha men do not want to like a woman. They want to enjoy a woman. As a woman wants to enjoy the covering of an alpha man, you might be referring to an emotionally, to emotionally abused males. And Sequoia asked her, are you using Chief's definition of what an alpha male is? Michelle then added that, some have been abused by women in their childhood. So Anwar then, then said, I believe those men live by a westernized concept of manhood, the caveman and the club concept. 
And then Yahweh one seven seven one seven seven says, experience make me makes me say this. Brothers, brothers sometimes unknowingly be wanting a woman to stay in a woman's so called place like she is a child. And then uh <laughs> Brother Armois said, Our new alpha man knows that the woman holds the power and the man holds the authority. Gina Lacey asked Yahweh one seven seven one seven seven, "What type of man are you?" Then Anwar says, "This is not to attack you. Were those experienced based on Westernized thinking?" Okay, and um, let me see. And then Yahweh one seven seven one seven seven says, "No man holds authority over me. I respect man, but power and authority in my life comes from, comma for me." And then Dietrich Tucker, Tucker asked a good question, Yahweh one seven seven one seven seven. What culture does that? And uh, let's see. Uh, Yahweh says the personal culture of me. The personal culture of me is where my views come from. And I think at that point they realized that Yahweh one seven seven is a female and not a male. And then Lotus, let me see, Sequoia says, Yahweh 177177, what do you mean by personal culture? Are you saying you're not a part of this, our new culture? Lotus Scholar says, Yahweh 177177, so you came up with your own culture, with its own history, language, beliefs, etc. All the things that form a culture, you created that. Is that what you were saying? Dietrich Tucker says, Yahweh 177177, so is this how you plan to view women and relationships as your family structure, question mark. And what culture flag do you fly under? And what are the basic principles of your culture? Um, Yahweh 177177 says, yes, I am a student, but I am my own person. First, anonymous student and student of the world. Second, that's just me. I follow no man, woman, or an organization. So Anwar says, Yahweh 177177, Anu focuses on the unity structure, Playing both roles confuses and disorientates the structures. Um, he says, my apologies. I thought Yahweh 177177 was a man. I'm resting from the conversation. Yahweh 177177 says, I can still be myself and have unity with others. I will never lose myself to another. Zach Vladimir then says, if Yahweh is a woman, then the statements made are even worse. Shaga Guru says, an alpha takes responsibility. Responsibility is based on, upon the gaps and needs found within a given environment. So I just read all of that. I shared it with everyone because I thought I, I thought it was a good example of how to maybe get clarity. Um, you know, we spoke about that recently, how sometimes a person can make a statement that we may not agree with. And, and one of the best things to do is just to ask, what do you mean? before we have an immediate guttural response. And if you notice, that was that I read that because that's what was asked. Um, as Omar was, was speaking, I was glancing into the chat room, so I saw some of that conversation. I thought it would, it would be good to share it. Um, now, Yahweh 177, 177, I know you've called into the show before um, a lot, actually. When Kim was on the air, I recognize your name, and I know you're the one who always speaks about um, the seed of Shaitan, the seed of Shaitan. I know that's so, so you're dealing from that perspective and tells us that we're the people of the book and so forth and so on. So um, obviously, maybe your perspective and your angle 
maybe a little bit different than some of the other people coming forth. Um, but I, I, I would say this, you guys handled that very well. You know, you, you had a respectful back and forth and came to the conclusion that sister, sister shared that, you know, my culture comes from me, you know, I, and, and what I'm saying comes from my own observations. Uh, so just in that, it kind of makes you clear as to what's actually being said. And, and I'll start with the first sentence, then we'll go on to what we're talking about. I believe that most alpha men and, and most alpha men really don't like women. I believe that means you don't know. These type of men only see, and then she continued to speak as if she, she understood what an alpha is, but I already know she doesn't based on what was said. These type of men only appreciate the physical aspect of a woman and not her mental and spiritual components, barefoot and pregnant. That's all. So the question to ask there is, what do you think an alpha man is? You know, and also keep in mind that she said, I believe that most alpha men really don't like women. So, I mean, she started it by letting her know that to let letting you know that, well, this is my opinion. I really don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm just sharing my opinion, which is cool. Everybody's allowed to share their opinion, you know. Um, but then when you all ask for further clarity, you really didn't get any clarity if you look at it. You know, because after the clarity question, what you got was experience makes me say this. Brothers, sometime un- unknowingly, because, of course, they're dumb, be wanting a woman to stay in a woman's so-called place. I guess there's a problem with that. People being in a place like she is a child. So, again, you're obviously speaking about a specific type of person. Um, But to say brothers sometimes unknowingly, that's a general statement. So just in those two things right there, you kind of get a sense of what's happening. No man holds it. Then you hear no man holds authority over me. I respect man, but power and authority in my life comes from for me. So you're talking to a feminist. Yahweh 177177. Oh, it's breaking up. Okay, let me come and bring it back. Give me one second. being told that I'm breaking up. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully that fixed the breaking up that we were just having. If it did, just, just, you know, give me a heads up if it's okay, if everything's good to go now. But, um, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I remember the sister calling in a couple of times. So I, I, I know the, <laughs> I know the, uh, I know, I know some of her philosophy. Let's let's put it. Okay, thank you. Sounds better. So yeah, but I thought, um, yeah, I know you're not. You're gonna say you're not a feminist. I know you're gonna say you're a realist. Anything I say, sister, you're gonna say that I don't know what I'm talking about. Because remember, no man holds authority over you. You've created your own culture. So when I said you're a feminist, it wasn't for you to get clarity on your positioning because I've heard you on this show before. I've heard you before. Um, Matter of fact, Anwar, I remember one time him asking you to clarify something you were saying before, and you you wouldn't clarify it. In in fact, I don't think you could clarify it. So I already know what we're dealing with there with you. I know you're one of those sisters that you're not trying to hear anything. I know that. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) and you know that. You know that about yourself. (laughs) So that's not news. So I know if I say, yeah, you're dealing with a feminist. You're going to say, I'm not a feminist. I'm a realist. How could that be real if you're only speaking about what you've seen? So then, of course, I know your next statement is, well, I'm speaking about my reality. 
then you wouldn't have said brothers do this. You would have said brothers that I've observed, brothers that I've experienced, which would give us more information about you as opposed to speaking like it was a general thing about the world and the world consciousness. But of course, I know whatever I say, because you don't respect male authority, like you just said, you're not going to listen to what I have to say. I already know that. You're going to listen to what your Bible has to say, because I know you're a Bible reader, because I remember you quoting out of the Bible when you called here before. All right. So there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a there's a lot to take on there. And I'm not getting on you anything like that, you know, but if something's off or something's wrong, you know, I'm going to speak on it. You know what the statements you just said weren't even on. They were off. The statements you just said were off. Um, you were asked for clarity. You didn't give clarity. So essentially you just stirred up the pot. And then when, you know, people ask, okay, well, what exactly are you saying? You know, then you started making statements that people should have picked up on revealed that, no, you're not, you're not going to learn. Mm-mm. You know, if someone says, well, what culture does that come from? You say my own culture. Okay. You know, there's certain signs. Again, that's the thing about being a hunter. You got to be able to read the signs, man. Read the signs. Sometimes people can't see the signs immediately. And you'll start to engage in a certain kind of conversation, which will only wear you out, not realizing that it's not going to go anywhere. And this is an example of one of them. When you have someone, at least she's, she has enough clarity to tell you that, or oh, this is what I've observed, and this is coming from my culture, you know. So you 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 learn to still be loving um, within within that, <laughs> you know. You learn you learn to say, oh, okay, pull back. So the, the only thing you could ask from that point is, well, you could ask the person to share more of their experience with you or more of their beliefs. But she kind of told you from the very beginning that this is a belief. And I'm sharing this because sometimes people will begin to debate something as if it's factual. But if a person is saying, this is what I've observed and this is what I believe, they're already qualifying what they're saying as not being real. Or at least not being universally real. They're letting you know, this is just where I'm at with it right now. You know, and so so you want to gauge your responses based on that as well, you know, which is a part of, of being tactful. You know, so that's why I bring it up. I don't bring it up to get on the sister or anything like that. But I do I I do remember you calling into the show before and, and saying some wild stuff that I'm sure you thought was completely on, but it was it was really off. And I remember one time Dietrich asked you for clarification. I remember one time Anwar asked you for clarification and you were unable to give sensible clarification. You know, but even now, like the things you're saying now, you're not giving sensible clarification. You're just saying they just want us barefoot and pregnant. Who? Who are you talking about? They don't respect our spiritual and mental components. Just alphas just respect the body. You're not an alpha man. <laughs> You're not an alpha man. You could ask an alpha man what they respect and what they value. But see, that's that's feminist language. I already know what that is. That's feminist language. You know, um, Yeah, that's just feminist language. You know, we ain't going to get into that too much. But <laughs> once you understand what you're talking to, then you know how to readjust. Just like if you're talking to somebody about spirituality and they're a Christian, you know, you don't want to start a debate by um, forcing certain things on their throat that you know they're just not going. They're just not there. So you learn how to respectfully, peacefully, and lovingly 
you know, speak a language that you both can agree with, that you both can can agree with, you know, come to a same, you know, similar place. Um, now, brother Achille, you say she has had a rough time with knucklehead dudes. How do you know she's had a rough time with knucklehead dudes? How do you know she's not the knucklehead female? See the programming? See where the programming goes every single time? Even when males talk, they, they are part of the programming. Because what did I tell you before in other shows? The black guy did it. <laughs> no matter what, the black guy did it. Something's missing out of the garage. I'm missing a can of paint. The black guy did it. <laughs> it's always you point to the black guy. How do you know that she's not the knucklehead? How do you know that? How do you know she's had a rough time? You know, females make bad decisions, too. They're not all uh, Snow White princesses sitting back and laying and waiting for Prince Charming. And she thought it was Prince Charming, so she just gave a heart. And she gave all her love. And he just did her so dirty and manipulated her. And blah, 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 blah. Come on, man. See, that's working with the premise that men are, men are basically evil. That's a feminist premise. You got to learn to read between the lines. <laughs> you know, read between the lines. I know now we're going to, I was married to an alpha man for 25 years. No, you wasn't. Because if you were married to an alpha man for 25 years, this is what Yahweh 177, 177 is saying. There's no way you were married to an alpha man for 25 years. Because if you were married, married to an alpha man for 25 years, you would be speaking more sense than you're speaking right now. I could tell no man has worked with you. You haven't been educated by a man. I can tell that you've been educated by your Bible. So I'll finish what you're saying. And you said, I have alpha sons and grandsons. I doubt that. Experience has taught me to have my views. Right. Experience has taught you your feelings, not your man. You ain't been with no alpha man. Mm -mm. My alpha man wouldn't even allow you to be talking. right. And I've heard you on the phone going, you know, going a little off before I can tell when you come just like when you look at a child you look at an unruly child you can tell something about their parents by looking at the child well a woman is a reflection of her man's culture so you can tell something about the man by looking at the woman you ain't been with no alpha I know a lot of y'all um, use those conversations a lot or you use those opportunities you know a lot of times when I say things like that like I'll say, I could tell you never been around a real man. Oh, my father was a real man. You don't know what the heck was a real man is. I can tell. The evidence is right in front of our faces. You see, the evidence is right in front of our faces. It's it's like me being a total um, horrible brute to everyone around me, just being a total menace. And then me telling you that um, my mother was was very loving and, and taught me taught me honor and respect and, and care and concern for others. Something ain't adding up. <laughs> now, of course, we we could take it the, the, the dumb way and we could say, well, yes, yeah, she may have taught you those things, but you may have decided to do your own thing. You know, we could do that. But a tree is known by the fruit that it bears. A tree is known by the... That it, see, now, so you're going to see you saying an alpha man wouldn't allow me so you just verified my point. Well, that's cool. I'm glad that I verified your point. I'm glad that I verified your point. Right. So the point is that you're saying that a man is going to allow you to do something or not to do something. Yeah, that is the that is the nature and the point that you will find in relationships. And obviously, um, that same nature and point that you're fighting against 
you know, and I'll repeat the statement again that she just said. She put his foot in the chat room. See, you saying an alpha man wouldn't allow me. See, you just verified my point. Well, sis, in that statement, you just verified my statement earlier that you are, in fact, a feminist. <laughs> it's right there. I'm not going to keep going back and forth with you, though, because you're wrong and you don't know what you're talking about. So you, you have an opportunity to listen to this man right now and learn something, or you can come in here with your wayward points and keep running off. You do whatever you feel like doing. I know that you're not a young sister. I know that. Um, like you said, you got grandsons. So um, you can either learn or you could come in here and keep saying a bunch of stuff that doesn't make any sense. Now, the beauty is in being in this environment, you can be taught. That's why I'm here. I'm here to teach. But if you feel you know what you're talking about and you come in to pick and choose, then go ahead. What I'm doing is I'm teaching the other students how to save their energy and resources and, and, and mental acumen, because sometimes you'll be preaching to a, a stone brick <laughs> and not realizing it, you see. So like now you're trying to debate me. And I mean, I could I could end this debate in about five seconds. But I mean, I actually really already ended the ended whatever you were saying, you know, like, you know, but. So you say you are wrong also. This is what she says now. You are wrong also and don't know what you are talking about either, Ashe. Well, that's not how you use Ashe. <laughs> oh, man. Of course. What else you going to Of course you're going to say I'm wrong. I said that earlier. Whatever I say, you're going to say, no, that ain't it. I, you're a feminist. We, we're already there. So I'm only pointing this out for y'all benefit. Not because um, I feel like I need to prove anything to the system, because I've heard I've heard you speak on the phone and I've seen your YouTube comments before. Yahweh, you're out there and you're not out there in a way where some people think that they're, they're out there. And this just is a sign of their genius. It's not that you're just out there. You're just out there. All right. So I'm going to save everybody's time and energy. And used to used to call on the phone a lot and wear people out with that that nonsense. The seed of Shaitan, you're the seed, you know, not even understanding exactly what you're saying. So, you know, like you said, you're a member of the class, but the teacher's teaching and you don't want to be taught. So are you really a student? Yeah. So anyway, let's go back to strategy and tactics. We're going to talk about, yeah, I know, I'm a male chauvinist. You're damn right I'm a male chauvinist, sister. Yahweh 177177 just said, Chief, you are a male chauvinist. Absolutely. Now what? What you want to do? You want to stick around or you want to leave? Trace is on you. Now, if you if, if I'm wrong and you're right and I'm a male chauvinist and I don't know what I'm talking about, you be mentally insane to, to continue to learn under me. If I'm wrong and you have the ability to correct me so quickly on such a fundamental idea, if I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to something so fundamental, why would you even listen to this show? If what I just shared, I've been saying. I've been teaching this stuff. This ain't new and you've been listening to the show. I know who you are. I know and I know your name underneath the tag name. And yes, you are in the class. So when you bought it. But if I'm so confused and you got this thing so down pat because of what you believe and because of your experiences and because of what you've observed, then why would you even want to learn anything from me? What would I have to teach to you, especially if everything is going to come from the perspective? No, don't tell her to leave. Darryl. No, uh-uh, don't tell her to leave. Uh-uh. 
That's not what we do. See, Daryl Owen said, just leave. No, don't tell him to leave. This is her moment, her opportunity to think. If she can think through the demons and think through the insanity, then she can come up with something. But no, mm, I don't just be kicking people out like that, but I'm going to be honest and truthful with you. You you need to think about that. If everybody's so wrong, or if I'm so wrong, then how could I teach you anything? If you can if you can defeat me and defeat my thinking on such a petty point, then I should not be worthy of being your teacher. In fact, maybe you should be my teacher. Maybe I need to hand the school over to you. And see, look at look at everything you say. This is good. She said, I just repeated the same words you have spoken to me. You send how you are making others feel. You're choosing to feel a certain way because of your arrogance. And just like you just said, I just repeated the same words you have spoken to me. Well, isn't that the basis of the feminist movement? Isn't it, isn't it very reactionary? You want to be in my position. You want to be me. You want to be the man. So, of course, you're going to repeat whatever I said. Like you just typed. And I'll repeat what you just typed, Yahweh 177177. I just repeated the same words you have spoken to me. You see, I, I, well, you said you sin. I'm guessing you see how you are making others feel. I'm not making you feel anything. Feel anything. You're choosing to feel a certain way. That is your choice. Right now, I could be choosing to feel insulted. I could be choosing to have my manhood feel offended, but I'm not choosing any of that. Right now, I'm choosing love. By being very direct and honest with you, I'm choosing to love you. You choose your feelings. You choose your reactions. But just just repeating back to me what I just say to you, that's the very essence of a feminist. And a woman who can't receive, considering that's the very base nature of your chemistry, is a woman with a problem. Isn't my job here as a positive energy, as, as the positive matrix on the earth, isn't my job to give and to send and to expand? And you as the contractive and negative matrix on the earth, isn't your job to receive? But whenever I say something to you, you just repeat it right back to me. And you say, I don't know what I'm talking. I give, I give you a seed. Uh-uh. I got my own seed. So you're producing your own sperm now. You got your own fertilization. So again, why be taught? Why be taught? Just think about that. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not here to, I'm not trying to beat up on you or any, you know, um, anything like that. Now it says, Hotep, peace, teach on this is your show. Of course, it's been my show. It's going to continue to be my show. <laughs> you ain't dictating nothing. I'm dictating what the conversation is going to be today. I'm dictating the flow today. You see? But at no point are you receiving. So even in that, you still, well, this is your show. Teach. Teach on. This is your show. Now you want to give me orders and directives. I'm only pointing this out because you all need to learn this. Because this is a part of the, some of the strategies and tactics of Willie Lynchism. There's a consistent undermining. All right, now, now she's going off on me. Chief, you are so full of yourself. Humility is what you really need. Right. Okay. Because I'm, I'm so full of myself, I need to humble myself to you. That's part of the tactic. See, that's, that's, a, that's a usual usual response right there. 
You're arrogant. She's basically saying you're an uppity nigga. That's what she's basically saying. How dare you teach me something? How dare you take a man's position? And again, if I'm so full of myself and humility is what I really need. First of all, I don't know how how I would have learned the things that I've learned if I was full of myself because the people who I studied under didn't teach those who were full of themselves. But I guess maybe I became full of myself after I was taught. Maybe I faked the humility. I faked them out because they were so easy to convince. And then they gave me the jewels and then I became arrogant as a result. And I became full of myself and I didn't become humble. Hmm. Okay. I taught a show on humility. You might want to check it out. It's my dear sister. You might want to check that show out. Um, some might say, some, some on the planet, might say that it's a, it's a humble thing to come down to have certain conversations about things that you've learned a very long time ago. To actually take a step backwards or to take a lot of step backwards and look at something that happened in the chat room and before this craziness that ensues again to step in and to bring some clarity. Some would say that's humble because I guess if I was really full of myself, now it's just what I'm saying. I could be wrong because like you said, I'm wrong too. If I was really full of myself, I would have kind of not been aware of what was going on around me or even in the chat room. And I would have just continued on with whatever topic I wanted to talk about today because I'm so full of myself. Because the statements you said were not geared, they weren't geared towards me. So I could have just ignored them. I could have not used it as a teaching moment to come down and get down on one knee and say, hold on, wait a minute. This is what's going on. I could have just kept talking about what I want to talk about, because wouldn't that be pretty arrogant? You know, like people who just listen just long enough to get out what they want to say next. But I don't know. Like you said, I'm I, I'm full of myself and I need to humble up. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would agree with you. I, I, I'm, I'm positive there's a lot of people who would agree with you. So maybe you're right. Maybe I, I do need to not be so full of myself anymore. Um, <laughs> and I need I need to humble up a little bit. And, um, you know, I need to learn to respect the authority that's in you. Because somehow, I guess I'm not respecting you. I'm not seeing your source. I'm not speaking to what you could be. And I'm not calling out the things that are a part of you that are not really a part of you right now. The things that you've taken on that are a part of a part of the sickness. I guess I'm not doing that right now. I guess I'm not responding in a way to you that is speaking to your best part and not your lowest part. <sighs> But she says, I'm still a good teacher, and that's why I gave you my $99. <laughs> we're going to get you on a reality TV show. That's what we're going to do, sister. We're going to get you on a reality TV show. <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm, I'm worth 99 bucks. <laughs> I'm a 99 buck teacher. But outside of that, I need to humble up. So I, I only need to be as full of my as full as myself as far as ninety nine dollars will take me. And then don't get to that hundred dollar mark. Don't start getting full of yourself and talking like a hundred dollar teacher or a hundred and one dollar teacher. You stay in that ninety nine dollar 
I love you all. I really do. I know I don't say it enough, <laughs> but I do love you. I sincerely do. You know, um, oh, man, I just want to, you know what I just want? I just want to have a snowball fight with some of y'all. <laughs> a hardcore snowball fight. That's all I need. You know, co-ed, a co-ed snowball fight. <laughs> then we can go inside and, and drink some nice chamomile tea and, and doze off, listening to some music, watching some movies, you know. <laughs> but I, I, need, I need that fate. I need that snowball fight fate. I need that snowball fight. <laughs> but all right, sis, I won't, I won't overextend myself. It's beyond the ninety nine dollars. I'll stay in my place. I'll stay in my place. All right, so let's let's get it. <laughs> Oh, man, my people. You know, I love y'all because only y'all can do stuff like this. <laughs> only y'all could, could could do stuff like this. Only y'all could say stuff so crazy. <laughs> um. Okay, so now, but we're going to get it together. We're going to get it together. You know, I can laugh and joke about it because my authority allows me to see you where you're going, not where you're at. All right, so I, I listen to all the nonsense. Just like Anwar just called in, stumbling all over his stuff. Like he said, I wrote it in chicken scratch, but I know where he's going with it. I'm not gonna say I didn't cut him and say, "Oh, what are you talking? Okay, you don't even know. You ain't even pronouncing the words right." Because I know where he's going. You know, he's gonna come back like like a, a, a firestorm with this stuff. You know, so um, yeah, that's what you got to kind of look at people. At. That's how you see the village. You know, don't look at what this is right now. That's when you, you're too caught up in the flesh. You know, you, you're too caught up in the material world. The material world is, is moving so slow. You got to extend that that thought process forward, that thought energy forward. See where people are going with it. People are here because they're sick, not because they're all-knowing. So, you know, uh, sometimes people think, oh, you're getting on me, chief. You're getting on me, chief. Why would I get on a sick person? That would be cruel. And because I say you're sick doesn't mean I'm getting on you. I'm, I'm making a, an intelligent observation. You're coming into this environment to get some healing because you, you live in a society that has made you sick. And there's a part about you that isn't so sick that realizes you need some help. That's all. You realize you need some help. And there's different kinds of help. And let me tell you something. As I've said before, I'm going to say it again. If you came to me for help, Chances are you already had help before. You wasn't listening. Now you don't. You don't went through all the soft walls, and now you don't hit the brick wall, or or better yet, the iron wall. You didn't hit the iron wall. That's what I should call this show. Forget all that enlightenment transformation. Iron wall. <laughs> that needs to be the new name of the show. But you don't hit the iron wall now, because why else would your ancestors bring you to this space? Why would your why else would your ancestors bring you to a space where you have to listen to someone as direct and sometimes as quote unquote hurtful as me? Think about that for a second. This you're coming to your last stops. Cause some didn't have to go through all this. Some just got it through picking finding a pamphlet on the ground. You know, found themselves a little Bushido code, samurai code, and read that and said, hmm, I could live by this. And they got themselves together like that. Some just started eating right, or some just overheard a conversation or, or took an Africana 
class in in in, in college and and woke up that way. Some some got it much easier. But some of y'all are real hard-headed. <laughs> You're real hard-headed. So your ancestors said, all right, you know who we got to call, right? And then the other Egun, not him. No, don't don't even say his name. Not him. I'm just saying, come on, we tried everything else. We've been pulling him this way, pulling him that way. Listen, that guy's a, 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 a loose cannon. I don't like his methods. I don't like his protocol. He's disrespectful. He talks about orgies. <laughs> no, not him. Don't don't you say don't you don't don't you. And then then it, when Agoon says, Yuya, you know we're gonna have to we're gonna have to orchestrate and send him over to Yuya. I told you don't say his freaking name up here anymore. Oh man thought about it, had the power, and said, you know what? Well, let's try one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Then you join some religion or something, or what you do is you find some other Bible out. You get ripped off. <laughs> they say, okay, well, we're going to go to Baba so-and-so or E.S. so-and-so, but if it don't work out, I got this guy. You, I already set up the path and connected to dots to figure out how to orchestrate to get this person over to you, y'all. And you better do it now, because, you know, he a man got a mouth on him. Somebody probably going to pop him in his head one day. He'll be up here with us. So we got need to make something happen. And the next thing you know, you offend the ER or the Baba because you know every doggone thing. <laughs> it doesn't work out over there. And because they were soft, they didn't know how to check you in the beginning. They didn't know how to set the precedence. They didn't know how to check you in the beginning. Then your craziness became the dysfunction of the Elay. And they said, all right, you got to go. You got to get out of here. Now that now you face the iron wall. You face the iron wall. I'm the last stop, man. <laughs> I'm the I'm I'm the last uh one of the I'll say maybe the second to the last, because after me is probably some type of bodily injury, car accident, something like that. I'm like the, the second to last station on the stop. I'm the one when you've been sleeping on a train all day, you know, the whole ride, and the conductor comes through and starts tapping people on the shoulder to say, you know, um, one more stop. One more stop. And you wake up and say, oh, 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 oh. That's the stop that I am. And you get off. You realize you should have got off way further down, but you fell asleep. You wasn't listening. So now you got to get off at the iron wall. And then you come to the, to the, to the metallic man who's sitting at the booth. You say, oh, sir, uh, I need to be at this particular stop. Um, you know, but I fell asleep. So I'm just going to get on the and then that's not when you're coming into a teaching environment, it's the same thing. You know, you got to be careful with what you're saying and you got to really flow with spirit. You know, it, you can't be so full of yourself because if you're full of yourself, you're full of ego and you're going to end up saying things based on your own experience and history that's going to damage people. You know, you got to take things from a timeless place. You got to take things from the spirit. And I guess I need to work on that because this sister told me I'm full of myself. That's one of the things I'm tying up. I'm going to learn to stop being so full of myself. So anyway, this is a, this is a quote that says, um, strategy without tactics is a slow route to victory. Tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. And I'll say it again slow. Strategy without, I'm a higher personal chef. 
I may get myself a nutritionist, you know, and then you may say, well, do I have the money for the chef nutritionist? Okay, so now I got to develop different tactics and different ways in order to, to generate the money, if I need extra money, let's say, to, to hire those people and so forth and so on. So you're breaking it down into smaller initiatives, which may be short-term initiatives, because you may say, okay, like right now it's June, so in the Northeast, it's, it's starting to warm up, it's like 80 degrees to get today, right? So you might say, okay, well, I'm going to work out outside, I'm going to run, you know, I'm going to try to get on this cardio program, maybe I'll do some calisthenics, stuff that I can do without a gym membership that will kind of start to just strengthen my body overall, some compound movements, some push-ups, maybe pull-ups, dips, you know, or just some stretching. Maybe I'm just going to run and stretch, right? So that's a tactic, but you, you might say, okay, I'm only going to do that to, let's say, September, to when the weather starts changing, starts getting cold again, right? So then you say, okay, then after September, September, excuse me, my tactic will change, and maybe I'll join the gym there, or I may buy some home equipment, whatever it is, but maybe I'm going to bring it indoors. That's a different tactic. Has the strategy changed? No. Same strategy, different tactic. You see, so, and and has the overall goal changed? Nope. Still by, uh, what I say, April, April of 2018, I'm trying to get my numbers right, get, you know, boom, 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 get my health a little bit better. So a lot of times people don't understand that, um, there's so many different tactics that are involved in the overall strategies of what we're trying to do. Like, like the strategy may be, I want to build a family. And sometimes the, the, one of the tactics that you have to do in terms of building a family is um, building wealth, you know, in order to get the family. Well, to build wealth, let's say if you have your own business, you might say, well, I have to learn how to brand myself. So building a brand feeds into building wealth, with fee, which feeds into building a family, which feeds into my ultimate destination of having a strong community. And sometimes it's very difficult, you know, depending on how your mind works, you know. Um, I can definitely say as a man that I've been in a lot of situations where people have said, okay, tell me the plan. And I'm like, no, I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> because there's so many different parts to it. There's so many different subsets. Just like when I do these segments, a lot of times people will say afterwards, like I'm saying months after, oh, I see what you were doing. Everything strung into each other. Yeah. But if I had to explain to you what I, I mean, I could do it, but I don't, I don't feel like it. If I had to explain it, it would take a long time. And yeah, if, I mean, if I had to, of course I could. I'd have to explain, well, this is why we have free classes, why I have free spells and stuff on Sedua House. This is why we have like 10 different websites. There's a reason for that. You know, it's not just because we want website website happy. <laughs> you know, this is why we have like five or six different YouTube channels. It's not because we're disorganized and sloppy. There's a, there's, there's, it's because of this and because of that. This is why I speak about relationships so much. This is why I take so many trips to the continent. This is why I still do rights of passage with young with young people. That, that, that you know everything is feeding. It's it's all about a a strategy. And and I'm a, I'm a consummate schemer. I remember that came out the very first reading that I ever got. I remember that was said to me. You're always scheming. And um, <laughs> I kind of it was a brother who did the reading. I looked at him. Wait, what? No, was that that might be my second reading. But I remember looking at the brother and I wanted to, oh, it's, yeah, it's breaking up. I see today it's breaking up on both sides a little bit, y'all. You know, everyone, let's give you a heads up. 
Um, so I remember when the brother said it to me, I'm just going to try to, I'm going to adjust something real quick, y'all. Give me a second. Try to help our sound out a little bit if I can. Okay. So when the brother said it to me, I remember I was okay with what he said, but I was wondering if he was okay with it. You know, like when he said it to me, if he thought I was going to take it a certain way, but I, I got what he was saying, you know, cause my youth are like that. My youth are always scheming and sitting back and, you know, I got a plan. That's their favorite. I got a plan, Baba. I got a plan. You know, we can make money. Da, 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 da. We can go down, down to the city, down to the garment district, buy a whole bunch of fake belts. And we come back and we can sell them. That, you know, always got all these different schemes and stuff. So I get what, what, what was being said is constant strategizing. The, the boys and girls are like, they're both the same. They're always sitting there staring at a blank wall thinking, what you, what you thinking about? Just trying to figure out how to da 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 you know, always maneuvering, playing chess in a sense, you know. So it was it was cool, right? So that this this a lot of times as 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 uh, set within the Dune series, plans within plans, you know, or like wheels spinning inside of wheels. And these are the different plans and the strategies that exist inside the strategies and there's tactics that exist inside of those strategies. You know, and then a lot of times there's multiple ones. So you got multiple wheels spinning inside of multiple wheels, handling different things, all to end up to a specific to a specific goal, kind of similar to your chakra system. All to try to draw you to a specific goal. So, you know, again, the, the idea of utilizing um, strategy and utilizing tactics is important to understand that they really do go hand in hand. You know, with your tactics, a lot of times you're going to be looking at um, how you're going to be maneuvering, how you're going to be organizing. And when you're looking at your strategy, you're going to be looking at things like um, how you may be leading or where you're leading people to. So you're looking at that long-term piece in, in terms of, of that sense. And again, with the uh, tactics, you're looking at your short-term. And this, these are things that you all need to do, especially when you're like, when you're family planning, when you're writing mission statements for your family, you know, as I always tell you all to do, write mission statements for your family. It's very important. You know, take these things, keep these things in mind. What's my ultimate goal? And sometimes I'm going to tell you what's easier. Sometimes, and I understand it's hard. We're very distracted, you know, in this culture. We're, we're hyper-stimulated, you know, so it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to put your head to one thing. I, I, I know that, you know, so sometimes I tell you it's easier to work backwards and then come forward. So speak about where you want to be ultimately. That's the ultimate destination. Start from your destination and go backward. And it's perfectly fine. You know, I read, I read books that way from back to front. You know, I've been doing that since a little boy. You know, I ain't waiting. You don't be building up no suspense in me. I don't be trying to play, not manipulate my feelings. <laughs> so I read it from back to front. You know, I want to know the ending now. Then I, then I, you know. So um, a lot of times... We can plan that way, you know, because, again, the, the forces and the energies that we're tapping into are not bound by time. You see, so you can visualize, which makes it more powerful anyway, visualize the ultimate destiny. Start there and then say, okay, what is the strategy for me to get to the destiny? See, that's really taking a step back because that strategy, if you were looking at a linear timeline, strategy sits behind the destiny. I mean, yeah, the destination, excuse me. And then what sits underneath that or behind that would be the tactics. How am I going to get that that strategy to come about? So even like, let's say with community building, right? 
you think about it, I guess for some, like some may look at the idea of building a strong community as a as a noble destination, and and it absolutely is. But if you really look at the um, the essence of community building or being within the community, that's just a vehicle. That's never the destination. But sometimes we'll look because so, so really honestly, just like family building is a stratagem for community building, community building is a stratagem for freedom. You know, and like I've I've said often to you all, freedom is a place. You know, free, freedom is a place. So you know, when when you look at it from that sense, um, in in all honesty, um, sometimes it works better for you, especially if you might be a little distracted in your life, to go from from the the destination and then come back. And you probably got to write it down. <laughs> you know, you may find that there's a lot of different. Um, intricate parts, especially to the tactics. And again, tactics usually may be a little bit more time sensitive. I'm going to do this for a while. Just like if you, let's say if building a family is a part of your tactic, let's just say to get something else done. Well, a family is constantly morphing and changing because everybody's getting older. And even their, their ability to add on to the family changes as the older we get. So essentially you would see that that's a mutable tactic. Now, it could also be strategies change, too. You know, strategies don't necessarily have to be static. They, they, could, they could be um, dynamic, you know. But you may find that just through the passage of time and as things grow and change and so forth, that um, your, your stratagems may change or your tactics may change. And there's different intelligences that are involved in executing each one. Let me be very clear on that. There is an intelligence that's involved when you have to execute strategy, you know, and there's a certain intelligence that's involved when you have to execute, you know, your, your tactical maneuvers. You can say it like that. You know, a lot of times with strategy, you're looking at trends. Okay. So like when we were speaking yesterday about relationships and I said, well, you know, sometimes we have to, um, we have to be a bit more sensitive to remember I said that the water runs across, you know, it changes its its course based uh, based upon the ground that it flows upon. So in that sense, you're learning a lot of times how to you're learning your strategy. You're learning how to spot trends and things like that. So like sometimes even now, sometimes I speak to people and they want to get into more conscious events. Like I have people say, oh, I want to I want to throw this a holistic fair or a natural hair thing and this and that and that. And they're talking about printing up flyers. And I'll explain to them, like, no, nah, nobody, that doesn't work anymore. We're done with flyers, you know, which is a great thing. You know, you know, we're now, we deal with more um, non-tangible mediums, you know, when we, when we want to get the word out for certain things. But I know certain people still think it's about printing up flyers and putting them on the windshields and putting them in barbershops and places like that and hoping that a person takes the flyer and then shows up to your event. Now, certainly some of that still does work, but essentially you don't need any of that. You know, people have done some amazing organizing just through social media, right? So you start to, to develop a strategy. You may have a marketing strategy and you look at the trends and how people in the psychology of the people or how marketing is done or how people are receiving things and people are functioning regularly to determine the best way to do things. You know, your strategy may even involve, you may say, well, listen, gas prices are high. 
people are taking public transportation more. So let me see if we can get some billboards inside of the subway system or if we can get some bus billboards. Or even if we're going to print out cards, let's let's distribute them, you know, in the subways or something, you know, depending, you know, again, and I'm giving very loose examples. Right. So you would really be looking more for how the long term um, plans that you may put in for in, in place, how they may potentially impact. Um, the overall movement towards your destination. So, and, and you're developing um, fallback plans as well. So you're developing plan A's and plan B's or stratagem A's and stratagem B's, which is a lot of times is one of the most important parts of strategic planning. You know, that's one of the most important parts of your strategic planning is having your, your ability to diverge. You know, if, if we need to go this way, if we need to go left, or we need to go right. Now, you may not do so much of that in terms of your tactical planning. And in your tactical planning, you're dealing with the now the now time. So when you're saying, okay, well, um, you may take immediate inventory of resources or, or immediate inventory of um, the conditions that you're in right now and determine how you can move. Like, So let's say we got to walk from point A to point, point B. Part of your tactical planning may be how much water we're going to carry, what kind of shoes we're going to wear, you know, things like that. And again, I'm, I'm making this very simple just so that everyone can, can take it real quick, have a bunch of time we're done today, and then apply it tonight. <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be necessarily over overly complicated in that sense. You know, we can always get into things a little bit later. Um, but you know, yeah, you're, you're basically looking at um, the resources that may be available to you or plotting what's currently in for in front of you so that you can achieve the overall, the overall stratagem with quality. So that's the key. A lot of times, sometimes um, we don't realize that our tactics have to produce quality. You see, sometimes when we're um, full of ourselves, mm-hmm, <laughs> we may be focused on maybe the argument or the battle and not not really looking at how the quality of the battle will affect the overall victory of the war. You know, now, when we're really ego-based, that happens. That happens a lot. You know, we lose sight of, of the all, the overall mission. You even have in your um, sacred nine-position nine divination there's a there's a positioning where I speak about that in the book Grasping the Root of Divine Power, where everything just becomes about the fight. You're butting heads now and you're losing perspective on what the overall and far reaching goal is. You see. So that's that's a common thing that happens sometimes when tac you know, from, from a tactical perspective, there's not a straight line from the authority of the stratagem and the authority of the stratagem being the actual destination and goal because everybody wants to make up their own thing. And you find that level of, um, I'm going to do my own thing more at the tactical level. You know, even if you watch some war movies, a lot of times you, you'll find, um, and that's why the quote yesterday spoke, spoke about the responsibility of the individual soldier, right? But you find a lot of times in even war films, for those of you who like to watch those, sometimes getting the individual soldier to move in a certain way or to do things a certain way is the hardest thing. Everybody's clear on the destination. We want to win, we want to go back home. Or just going back home is the destination. What strategy we're going to win? Now, tactics are where sometimes we see the biggest level of variation and even some of the biggest levels of 
sometimes people don't know what's really going on, <laughs> what's really happening. But she knows I wasn't picking on it because she was laughing and everything after. She knows, she know we talking, you know. But when when you got family and you love them, you gotta you gotta talk real. You gotta keep it real, man. You know, if if you really love them, and especially if you if you see them doing something that doesn't make any sense, or you see them going the wrong way. Now they may say, "You don't know what you're talking about." Just like a child will tell a parent that at times, "You don't know. I know what I'm doing." Okay, well, let me just drop this little bug in your ear. You might not know what you're doing. <laughs> now go on and do what you want to do, you know? So that's all it's really about. And, of course, like I said, it always sounds harsh and rough when a man is talking. When a woman is talking, then we'll just say, oh, she's hurt. Something happened to her. That's a shame. Sister, don't worry about it. Stay cool. When it's a brother, it's like, look at that brute. Look at that mannish, horrible brute. I'm telling you, man, the program is deep. It's real deep. It's real deep. You know, so you get those thumbs down on the videos and he picking on that. I ain't picking on her. That's, I want me to know what she's saying. She ain't a weakling. I know who I'm talking to. <laughs> you know, I, I I know who to give the velvet glove, velvet glove touch. <laughs> and and who doesn't need the velvet glove touch? You know, but she, she got the velvet glove anyway. I kept it fun. I kept it light, but I also kept it honest. You know, all right. So we'll be back tomorrow night. You know, the 9 p.m. show that you all seem to like so much because you think uh, I'm tired at the end of the day and I'm I I, I get loose, <laughs> but I don't. I should make it super boring tomorrow night, just to be contrary. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow night at, at uh, 9 p.m. All right, you can all call in or uh, get on the YouTube, whatever you want to do. And uh, if you have any questions about today's segment. Uh, feel free to just put them in the comments on YouTube and I'll do the same thing like I did. And I see that you, Michelle, you did ask chief is freedom in the mind. I'll answer those questions tomorrow, but you should check out the show on freedom because I actually already answered that. All right. Um, and, but I'll scan the chat room for any questions that may have come up that I missed in this segment. All right. We come into our nineties, 90 seconds. All right. So until such time family, um, I will build with you all, tomorrow and don't be afraid to share your perspectives in in the chat room or otherwise let me just throw that out before i leave ain't nobody jumping on you ain't nobody jumping on you but it's no different than if you if you go somewhere and you say i got a better way of doing something let's say if you if you cook pies and we're teaching a certain way to cook pies and you come and you say well 60 seconds is coming up 60 seconds all right all right baby love and you say well I want to cook pies this way. This is the way I've observed and I've learned. And we say, right, we'll go and cook your pie. We going let's let's do a little taster's test. Let's let's have a bakeathon. And you cook your pie and it and it's disgusting. Well, we going to tell you it's disgusting because you bust up all in the spot acting all brazen like like you dirty like like you you were saying something. <laughs> so, you know, um just look at it like that. It's it's friendly. You know, it's it's uh, it's not competition. It's not that, but it's friendly correction. And again, I'm open. If someone says, "Well, listen, let me break this down," da, 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 da. like I, I said in another segment previously, ten seconds. Come on, baby, where you at? Come on, baby. Ten seconds. She running a little slow, and she running a little slow. You know, we was having some good, making some good love last night. You know, good love and make a woman crazy, make a woman lazy. D make a lazy. Sometimes, man, you got to learn how to pull back on the D a little bit. It makes them real lazy. You don't do nothing after that. 
coming and making my announcements all late and everything like that, you know. But like I was saying, it's all love. So if someone comes in, like I said, you can respectfully challenge teachers or even authority in a certain space. Whether you like it or not, in this space, I'm I'm the teacher and authority. I'm sorry. If if you're not comfortable with that, which I, I can respect, there's, there's other places you can go where people are not as um, – they're not, it's not so much about a mission. Some people's shows are just about, they just want to, or they just want to interact with people on YouTube, or they just got, they feel like they, they learned something and they just want to talk about it or whatever. Everyone has their own different thing they're doing. This, what we're doing here, this is not about me having some talk show or something like that. It's not about that at all. This is, this is addendum study and learning for those who are trying to fix their lives and those who are trying to live a higher and a better quality of life and reclaim what was taken from them. So as a result, um, the requirements for even inclusion in certain conversations may be a little bit different because if something is said that may lead people astray or if there's a teaching moment, it's going to be brought out. So look at these shows as, you know, and in the beginning, if you notice, I never said shows. I hated using that term, actually. I used to always say segment. If you listen to the earlier shows, I would always say in this segment. And over time, <laughs> I guess I got I got polluted and corrupted, to be honest, and started using the term show, you know, but it's not a show. This is not for entertainment, you know, so you just look at it like you're stepping into a classroom. So you and you're in my if I'm talking, you're in my classroom. If Kim is talking, you're in Kim's classroom. Felicia's talking, you're in Felicia's classroom. Damon's talking, you're in Damon's classroom. You see, if the students are talking, then it's it's an open classroom discussion. That's why we call it the open panel discussion. So I don't have a problem with someone saying, I feel this way or feel that way about what what's being said. That's cool, but just understand that you might get corrected. And you know, if you're in a situation where you're being taught and you're like, well, teacher, you don't know what you're talking about, then you need to go to another classroom because that's what this is. This is a classroom. You know, and sometimes people don't realize that for whatever reason. Maybe that needs to be a PSA. And, and I don't say that out of arrogance because, like I said, even if I'm not here, it's a, still a classroom. That's that's what this thing is about. So you're welcome to come and share your perspectives and, and how you feel and stuff. But like I said, I'm sensitive to everyone who's listening who may get led astray by some of the things you say that don't make any sense. And it's only been a handful of times where I've allowed people on these segments to say stuff that didn't make sense. And that's a part of a tactic. Sometimes you got to use certain tactics to keep the, the peace. And some, cause sometimes by bringing certain things out and it gets so crazy that the ultimate point will be lost. So you got to, you got you got to take that. You got to you got to sacrifice your perspective. And I'll learn to get better at that, sister, because like you said I'm full of myself. So I'm going to have to learn how to humble up and even get even better at that. But um I just want to put that out there. You know, a lot of you going to say things that don't make sense. And a lot of you do. All right? You, you didn't come here because you were all knowing. And like brother Shaga said earlier when the sister was kind of breaking everything down, he said, "Where's your school?" Right? So, you know, if you're here, chances are it's because it's something that is here that you don't have, something that you want to learn or something that you want to come into that you don't currently have. And I'm going to show you how to get there. Now, if you disagree with how I'm sure you disagree with my strategy of how to get there, then you really need to sit back and re You may not like my tactics, you know, but you may have to sit back and think about, well, wait a minute, do I really even need this? 
Maybe I am beyond this. Maybe he, maybe he's so sure about what he's talking about, but he doesn't know what he's talking about, and I know what I'm talking about. Maybe I need to do my own thing. You know, I'm cool with all that, man. <laughs> you know, that's all good. But you know, just understand that if you come here and you say something that don't make sense, then you're gonna be asked certain questions. I'm not gonna embarrass you. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to do. I'm not trying to embarrass anyone. That's not cool. You know, but um, I understand that sometimes things you might say because of your own lack of knowing and maybe even your own ignorance, sometimes it's actually offensive and you guys don't realize it. You know, like even sister, the statements you said about alpha men, that, that would be, that, those statements were offensive to men. Like I said, brothers sometimes unknowingly be doing it. You know, again, the, 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 the projection that we're just dumb and stalwart. You know, so it it can actually be offensive. Now, we can choose to respond with offense or we can choose to respond by by teaching, you know. So just understand that sometimes um, what you may be saying or or even some of the ideas and perceptions that you have that are not really based off of truth, but are based off of your twisted perspective. That's it may not be as innocuous as you may think they are. Like sometimes you hear females say, oh, all men are dogs. You know, all men just want to stick the thing into a warm hole. They're dogs. You might not realize that that's actually pretty offensive. You know, that's just, I'm sure it's the same way you might feel when a guy says, well, all, all, all women are sluts. You know, they just want somebody to come and rob them up and rob them up and take them up by some teeth, but they're all just a bunch of sluts. It's kind of offensive. Accept that and say, yeah, it's, it's cool, it's cool, it's all right. <laughs> You know, and if someone says, well, wait a minute, hold on, where, where are you getting that from? And they're asking for some real clarity. Of course, you can't provide it because you got it from your overlord and your God never reveals himself to you. So, you don't, you know, that's where it really came, came from your programming, you know, and, and the best the best programmed are the ones who are uninformed, you know. So just understand that these are opportunities for you to learn. I know some of you come into these platforms because you think I knew it's an opportunity for you to teach. And some of you think that if you can destroy what's being presented, it proves your own power, but it actually doesn't. It may only prove your rebellion or your aggressive ignorance. It may only prove that. So just, you know, give that some thought, man. But I don't want to scare anyone else from anyone off from feeling like if they don't agree with me, they can't speak because that's not the case at all. That's why I said the best thing you guys ask somebody what they mean. They say something. What do you mean by that? Get some clarity. You may find that maybe some people are not as great with expressing themselves, but you're saying the same thing. But maybe they, you know, they just may have used some words in there that were a little wrong here and there. So it's always good to ask for clarity, even though some people use that as an excuse when they get caught saying something stupid. Oh, it's the way I said it. So you know, you got to learn how to you got to learn how to how to use some some discernment there to to know if someone's being authentic or not. If they if they're really just that ignorant. Or that deceitful. All right, so now we're gonna head out. I just wanted to share that so everyone, so you don't get scared off from sharing. Um, and I know for some they'll listen to that, and others they're not gonna care. You pick it on the sister. It's just gonna get stuck there. All right, I'm loving the sister. Sister's been listening for a long time, coming in and holding her little rebellious ground. <laughs> I'm cool with that. I ain't got no problem with that. You know, she she do that all day. You know, eventually she gonna get it. 
You can't be around this much information and light and not and not get fixed. You're gonna get it eventually. You know? I'm cool. There's no rush. All right. So I'll see you all tomorrow evening, uh nine PM today. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Yeah, tomorrow evening, nine PM on more community. We'll be digging into more good old good old information. All right, to such time. Peace.